Hey, Late Hit listeners, you can listen to new episodes of Late Hit Pro Football Radio every Wednesdays on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter slash X at Late Hit PFR. On this week's episode of Late Hit, we're going to go over the NFL's new salary cap for the 2024 season. We're going to go over the Miami Dolphins' decision with Xavier Howard, the Buccaneers releasing two-time Pro Bowl linebacker, the Cincinnati Bengals make their decision on their franchise tag and the Chiefs' decision on Ladarius Sneed and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then we'll go on the end of the episode for our state of the franchises between the Patriots and the Cardinals. All right, let's get started. You are now listening to Late Hit Pro Football Radio. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Late Hit. I am your host, Tyler. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jeremy. Jeremy, how are we doing this week? Doing great. How are you? Not too bad. You know, the, the best thing about the NFL season is there's always something going on, even when there's no football going on. Like at February, the Super Bowl's over. And then at the end of February, early March, you have the scouting combine. And then in March, sometime, maybe the second week in March is when the new league year starts. Free agency starts, uh, you know, stuff like that. April, you got the draft, and then you got mini camps, OTAs, training camp, preseason. Next thing you know, it's September, and we're in the next year already. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so our first topic of discussion is the NFL has raised the salary cap for the 2024 season to $30.6 million. This is a record. Uh, from last year's 255.4 million, it's the biggest jump by far since the from year to year since the uh, salary cap was introduced in 1994. So this is a big number, 30 million dollars from one year to the next. That's a huge number. Uh, you know that's going to help a lot of teams out, especially when you know teams like maybe the Bengals who have signed Joe Burrow, the uh, you know the Bills who have Josh Allen on payroll. You know, especially a team with a big quarterback like that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, when I was reading it earlier today, I was I was wondering why it was one of the reasons why it it might have jumped so far, and I guess the big thing was is a lot of the talk was that it was due to uh, repayment in the uh, amounts advanced by teams or deferred by teams or deferred by players um, when COVID uh, when COVID revenue kind of plummeted a little bit, and then they also said a big deal was part of uh increased broadcast right deals um yeah it's just interesting to see like how much has gone up over the years and then like this year just like crazy through the roof yeah i know it's ridiculous like and it's only going to go up every year you know there's not going to be a year where they're saying no we're not going to increase the salary cap because every year you know the quarterback yeah every year we see a quarterback breaking the record for you know the most paid by an nfl player so we're going to continue to see that happening whenever a quarterback is due for his payday um you know so they're going to keep raising it because of that fact you know players are making a lot more and every year it seems like the minimum or not the minimum but the the maximum for a player keeps going up um you know we saw a lot of record-breaking quarterbacks this past offseason it seemed like you know Lamar Jackson got his, uh, Jalen Hurts got his, Joe Burrow got his. There was multiple quarterbacks just this past offseason that really took that jump. 
and really made you know a lot more than anybody really expected. So it's going to continue to go up. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy to me how much you know how much money is thrown around for for different types of players and you know length of contracts and and whatnot. It's just crazy, and you know I don't know. Maybe I just you know. Uh, have a, a a bad mindset when it comes to it just because the, the amount of money that's being thrown around, but it's just crazy to think like, you know, you sign a quarterback for that long. Well, you know, like for example, like look at Deshaun Watson, all that guaranteed money that he was yeah. given. And it's like, what you got Joe Flacco who played better than he has for the Browns. Yeah. So it's like, that's why, you know, salary caps and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, market for players and quarterbacks just going through the roof is ridiculous to me because, you know, like I said, in Deshaun Watson, it's like, is that guy going to even be good for the Browns? And you, you basically guarantee his whole contract. Yeah. That's the risk you take though. I mean, you base a future, like when you sign a guy to a contract, you're basing that off of what he did in the past. So there's no guarantee that he's going to have that same success in the future, which is why, a lot of these guys now are all about the guaranteed money. You know, Deshaun Watson, even though he's not the highest paid quarterback in the league, because we've seen that record get broken multiple times since then, but he's the most guaranteed money ever. They fully guaranteed his entire contract. So that's rare. We never see that. But I'd say like, you know, maybe half to 75%, if that is guaranteed for most of these contracts, which is still a lot of money. Because you talk about like quarterback like uh, Joe Burrow, who, made 250 some million dollars and he's getting i think 100 i don't remember but it's over 100 million guaranteed so even if he never takes another snap again in the nfl over for the Bengals, you know he's still going to be getting guaranteed well over 100 million dollars so i mean like i said it's a big risk when you're signing guys because you don't know if they're going to be able to play up to the level that you want them to or if they're ever going to play again because they could get injured so i mean you're taking that risk and you know, every team does it every year when you have a quarterback who's due for a payment, who's due for a contract, you know, you, you give it to him. There's not really any ifs, ands or buts about it. I mean, it's either that or he's going to go somewhere else and get it. So, I mean, quarterbacks are really the biggest issue I think because no one's making any more money than them. They're yeah. by far, if not, you know, they're double, sometimes triple what, anybody else on the team, maybe the next guy, highest paid guy is making. So they're probably the reason why this salary cap keeps going up and why we've seen this record number being brought up for the 2024 season. But I mean, like I said, when you're paying a quarterback that much money, you need that salary cap raise to, in order to afford the rest of your team. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy though. It's like, you know, like, again, I keep going back to the whole Deshaun Watson thing, but it's like, it sucks because I know it's the risk you take, but it's like, you know, so the Browns paid a guy like Deshaun Watson and who knows if he'll ever be good in the league again, which my personal opinion, I hope he's not. Um, but, you know, you get rid of a guy like Baker who then moves on. I mean, yeah, he jumbled around a little bit with the Rams and stuff there, but I think he might've found a new home there in, in Tampa Bay. And it's like, look what he did this last year. And it's like, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the Browns, you could have gotten away with, you know, maybe not giving Baker Mayfield a huge extensive contract and maybe might've had a better outcome. 
Yeah. But now you paid Sean Watson all this crazy money, guaranteed pretty much his whole entire contract, and then who knows if it would be good for you. See the thing I mean, with Deshaun, what, what he what he did play this year looked dismal at best. Yeah, the thing with Deshaun Watson though that would have turned me away from signing him was he was suspended for or he didn't play for an entire year, and then uh, he came back the next year and was suspended for I believe the first eleven games with the Browns. So pretty much almost two full seasons of football he didn't even play. So a lot of guys missing one season of football and have a hard time coming back to the success that they had before that. So you're talking about a guy who missed nearly two whole damn seasons of football and you expect him to be worth 200 some million dollars fully guaranteed. I, I don't see it, but this is why the Cleveland Browns are so bad. They make dumbass decisions like that <laughs> year after year. We've seen it yeah, millions of times. Well, that's the thing too. It's like, and not that I, I don't, not that I'm going to sit here and say this is Deshaun Watson's mindset, but like at the end of the day, he's like, do I really have to give a fuck? Because I I'm getting that money at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter what I do, I'm getting that money guaranteed in my pocket. So it's like, and that's why sometimes, I mean, I, I hate to think this way about other players, but it's like, you know, they play their hearts out, you know, in the beginning of their career to get that big payday. And then it's like, okay, I got paid. You know, yeah. do do I do I play as hard as I did before? Now that I got my payday, and that's why I just think like giving huge contracts might deter guys from playing the the best of their ability. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it deters them, but we do see a lot of guys not play up to their full potential after a huge contract like that. We've seen it a hundred times. I mean. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he was given that huge contract and didn't really play any less valuable than or be any less valuable than he was before that. But I mean, I, I don't know. I think a lot of these guys, they, they definitely want to play and have success. But then at the same time, like you said, they're making a lot of money. They can get into trouble, you know, especially if a guy's his first contract, he's like mid 20s. Like you can't give a, some kid in their mid 20s all that money and expect them not to get into trouble. And, you know, I think we see it's not just NFL players. It's pretty much all professional athletes in the United States. Yeah. I mean, we see, you know, the sexual assaults, you know, drunk driving, what, what not, you know, it's just ridiculous. But I mean, yeah, I don't Richard know. Richard Sherman's we, still doing it and he don't even play anymore. Right. Yeah. We could, we could talk to, <laughs> we're, we're blue in the face about how much these guys are getting paid way too much money, but you know, it's not going to do us any good because we're going to still continue to watch it. You know, hundreds of millions of other people are still going to continue to watch it. So they're going to keep paying these guys and year after year after year, it's going to continue to keep going up. So I don't think this is going to be, you know, we broke the record for the most increase in salary crap from one year to another. I don't think this is going to hold long. I think we're going to see this record get broken, you know, within the next couple of years again. Yeah. It's just crazy though, to me to think like, where does it stop? You know? I don't know. Like, if are, you ever be, does. are you going to be in like ten years? You're going to be playing paying quarterbacks a billion dollar contracts or what? Yeah, I you mean, know because it, with Mahomes and them, you know they're not too far off. Yeah, I mean, so thirty million dollars or thirty point six to be exact from last year to this year. I mean, if that trend continues over the next ten years, I mean, we're going to see another three hundred million dollars. So a salary cap is going to go from. 224 million, 255 million that it is this coming year to damn near $600 million for a salary cap, which is going to be astronomical. 
which is crazy because you think about it, then you're like, okay, well, if you're going to give a quarterback a a 10-year contract or whatever, and you got a fucking $600 million salary cap, well, it's like, well, I can give this quarterback, you know, $100 million a year and still have $500 million to pay the rest of the team. Yeah. So it's like if you're giving a quarterback a 10-year deal at $100 million a year, oh, he's making a fucking billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> well, they're, now they're making – going right for starting quarterback now is about $50 million, So who knows? In 10 years, it could be $100 million a year. So That's crazy. Uh, yeah. You got to get in yeah. shape. <laughs> yeah, I think we're well, we're well past that NFL <laughs> playing days. All right, so the Miami Dolphins – have informed cornerback Xavier Howard that they will release him at the start of the new league year in March. Now, he's declined a little bit in the last couple of years. I mean, the injury bug has plagued him as well. But, I mean, just two years ago, we saw him lead the league with 10 interceptions. He's had a five-interception year before that, and then a couple of seasons before that, he was a seven-interception year. So, I mean, he's not a bad cornerback. Not a bad defensive back for any team out there. I think this was a strict financial situation. I think, um, you know, they were coming into this offseason maybe wanting to put some money at other positions and, you know, having Jalen Ramsey there on your squad who's already making pretty good money. I think that they financially were ready to let go of Xavier Howard and move on from him. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a shame because, you know, his last season was, you know, kind of – uh, shattered by his his injury, so you know he had one of the his not greatest seasons of his career. But I th- I think you know he could potentially uh play a big role on on a team that that's looking for a veteran like that in 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 that secondary. And you know my personal opinion when I was looking at this, I'm like trying to figure out where a good fit would be and. I mean, I know this may sound biased as being a Green Bay fan, but you know he could be a good fit in Green Bay because Keyshawn Nixon is is going on into free agency, or uh, and that's two point three million in cap space they're going to get there. And I feel like he'd be a good fit beside a, a guy like Jair. Yeah, you know, on the other side of from a guy like Jair, and Green Bay could use a veteran in that locker room, you know especially for that young defense and all that young talent. And if they – shit, if they let David Bakhtiari go, they got all the <laughs> fucking cap space in the world. Yeah, and uh, Jair Alexander, he's constantly injured as well. So, I mean, it's, it wouldn't be – it wouldn't hurt to have another guy like uh, J- uh, Jair on your roster as well, just in case, you know, he does happen to get injured. Not yeah. saying – not saying that Xavier's going to be 100% healthy every year because, you know, he's he's constantly injured as well these last couple of seasons. So, I mean, but, yeah, I think well, any the team – thing is, the thing is with an older guy, too, like that is like, you know, I'm not saying Green Bay got to go out and be like, hey, we're going to give you this, this long-term deal. You know, you give them a year or two maybe and, and see how it works out, you know, just try it. And, you know, right now you don't really have anybody else. You got a young squad there, so – I mean, some a guy with some experience, some talent. I don't think it would be a hurt for for Green Bay to go after a guy like that. Yeah, and you know, like you said, Xavier Howard's probably not going to get this big lucrative deal. He's probably going to be on one of those uh, prove it contracts where he gets signed maybe a year, maybe two years, 
and then with the potential of signing a long-term contract after that. But like you said, he's not getting any younger either. And, you know, we keep talking about the the age of these NFL players, you know, mid-30s, maybe late-30s is the, the rate at which most of these guys are calling it a career. So, I mean, Xavier Howard is getting up there in age, but he's still a valuable member of any team, and I think he would be a great addition to any any squad out there. And there's a lot of teams right now that could use a good defensive back like him. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're – team like the lions you know the lions could use the guy right they could they could use him for and again like i said if you're if if obviously with you said with his with his age and 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 uh how long he's been in the league and you know maybe not playing for more than a handful of years it's like you know a team like you know like the lions or like i said even green bay you know they give him a year or two and see what you can get out of him worst case scenario it's a bust and or best case scenario, hey, you got a locked down fucking corner for two years for yeah. for not that big of a price. Yeah, I mean, he like I said, he'd be a great addition. Um, but I mean, they they've got to the deal has to be right for both sides, and I don't think Xavier Howard's going to go anywhere for nickels on the dollar, and I don't think any teams are going to really want to sign him to the deal. They're going to have to negotiate. They're going to have to come to terms. I don't think either side is going to get the deal that they want, but I think someone is going to have to meet him in the middle. He's going to have to meet them in the middle in order to get signed to a team. And who knows? I mean, he's been with it. He's been on the Dolphins team for six, seven seasons now. So, I mean, he might want take lesser money and go to a team that has the potential to win a championship. I mean, yeah. at, this, at this point in his career, I mean, I'd try to get myself a ring too, if I were him. Yeah, it's crazy, and and you know, not to not to knock Xavier and Howard, but like, you know, when it comes down to it, with you know your re, uh, risk of re injury and and your age, like, I don't think you really have much much to throw around and be right. like, nah, that's not, I'm not going to take that deal, you know. It's different if it's you know you're trying to sign a new contract like with the dolphins, like you're trying to get more money out of the dolphins, but like you're a free agent. So you don't, you don't choose a contract or, or agree to terms. You don't, I mean, you don't play. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's tough though. Like I said, they, they signed Jalen Ramsey last, or they traded for him last off season, but you know, unfortunately with his injury, he sat out a lot of the season before he came back, but they are paying him pretty good money as well. So, I mean, this decision had to be mostly financial because when he's healthy, he's one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, hands down. All right, so the Buccaneers have announced they will release two-time Pro Bowl linebacker Shaquille Barrett, freeing up $5 million in cap space. Now, Barrett was due a $15.04 million option bonus next month. So, again, financially, this was the main reason why they did this. They obviously didn't want to pay a guy $15 million. Um, you know, Barrett, I think they interviewed him and he said that he was pretty upset about the release, but he understands it's a business. He understands the decision was strictly financial, um, which it is. I mean, even with the raised salary cap, $15 million is a lot for a bonus to give to a linebacker. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, is like from from Shaquille Barrett's standpoint, like, or I shouldn't say Shaquille Barrett from the Bucks standpoint, like 
Shaquille Barrett can't be mad at them because, you know, okay, you you came off of the 2022 season where you tore your Achilles and, you know, had a very declining season last year. Didn't play very well last year. So it's like from the Bucks standpoint, it's like, okay, do we give this guy a $15 million bonus and hope that, you know, he'll get back to what he used to be when last season he didn't play that great coming off of the Achilles injury. It's just, and as for like a linebacker, you know, coming off of an Achilles injury, I'm, I'm can only imagine how tough that is to get back to what you used to be. Yeah. I think it's tough for any position to come back from an injury like that, especially an Achilles tear. Um, but like you said, the linebacker, you know, the way, the way he played too, Shaquille, he was kind of all over the place. He was like one of their main guys in their linebacking core. So, I mean, for a guy like that, yeah, he did decline. An injury like that will surely make anybody decline. It's tough to come back from that. So, with that being said, the way he did decline, even with the injury, I think the Buccaneers were like, we don't really want to pay $15 million in just a bonus. It wasn't his salary coming up this year. It was yeah. legitimately just a bonus that he was going to be due at the start of the league year in March. So, you know, yeah, they decided they wanted to save $15 million and save $5 million in cap space, um, you know, because they're they're going to have to find some positions this offseason. Defensively, they struggled last year. Um, maybe they're going to be looking for a running back. You know, Mike Evans, they're probably going to want to sign him to a long-term deal. And if even if they don't, if he does happen to hit free agency, they're probably going to want to bring in some big-name receivers to fill that position. So, I mean, freeing up cap space, like – I know most people look at stuff like this when a player gets released and they're like, well, the team doesn't care about him. You know, they just used him stuff like that, but it's, this is a business just like anything else. And if it's fiscally responsible to release a player, there's going to be a team that, I mean, the Patriots got rid of Tom Brady for Christ's sake. I mean, no one is safe in this league. You look at guys like Peyton Manning who got released from the Broncos or, or released from the Colts and, you know, you know, guys who are Hall of Fame players who did a lot for a team that are that went moved on and went somewhere else. Like, if you can save money, you're going to save money, and you know you're going to release whoever you need to to make that happen. Yeah, and I mean, as as far as like a standpoint from the Buccaneers, like you know they're saving that five million dollars in their cap space. You know, saving the the fifteen million in bonus. So, like financially for the Bucks, like you got to make that decision. Yeah, especially especially when you look, like I said again, at Shaquille Barrett's uh, season last year. You know, you got a declining season coming off an injury. He's thirty one years old, so it's like, and unfortunately, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like I don't. I think it's going to be tough for him to find a new home with, you know, his risk of re injury, his age, and you know the declining season he had last year. So. It sucks to say, but I, I think I don't know. He's going to be another guy like Howard, you know. Somebody's going to maybe look at him for a year, throw him a little bit of money, but I don't think he's going to get anything crazy. Yeah, I think I think he'll find another team. I think he'll find a studer, someone that wants to sign him, but it's going to be for a lot less money than he was going to be making with the Bucks, and I don't think he's going to be the first player taken when free agency starts next month. Yeah. I think he'll probably be sitting there for a couple of days, if not a couple of weeks. Um, 
you know, this is he's he's one of those guys where he's a guy like that typically gets signed after the draft because if a team didn't get the guy they wanted to, you know, at a certain position, they might bring in a, a guy like that. Or even if they did get a guy they wanted to at linebacker position, they might bring in a seasoned veteran like Barrett in order to kind of mold that player into someone they want to be. So, I mean, like I said, I, I, I can completely see him signing with another team, but I don't know that it's going to be early on in free agency. I think this is going to be a guy that's going to be sitting around for a little bit to find a new home. Yeah. And it's a shame because, you know, before he got injured, you know, that season they won the Super Bowl, you know, he, he fucking wreaked havoc on Patrick Mahomes on that Super Bowl. Yeah. Him and the, and the rest of that Buccaneers defense. And so, I mean, Shaquille Barrett, he's, he's a, an amazing linebacker. Don't get me wrong, but I just think where he's at in his career, uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, he's going to be a tough pickup for anybody. Yeah, and it always is at that age after coming off of injury. So, I mean, where's, where would you see, like, I know we haven't really looked into this this much, but, I mean, where would you possibly see a guy like him maybe going? I, like, this is another guy that, you know, maybe could go to a team to try and get himself another championship. And I know he's already got a Super Bowl ring, but, you know, that's especially at his age, that's probably what you want to play for. At this point, you're not going to go anywhere and get this blockbuster deal. At this point, you're probably just playing football to – possibly win another championship. Yeah. I mean, I think in my personal opinion, you know, when I was uh, thinking about this earlier, I was like, well, you know, I, I've seen a lot of reports saying that, you know, a lot of thoughts where he might maybe end up in Dallas for like a year or two, because, you know, last year Dallas was, was trying to chase Shaq Leonard. And then he ended up making that deal with the Eagles. And then, you know, with Leighton Vander Esch, his injuries and, and what his contract looms for Dallas, you know, Dallas might be like, Hey, let's, let's see if we can throw him a little bit of money and, and work at him for a year or two. And, and hopefully maybe get some good production out of him, uh, you know, alongside that, that Cowboys defense with, you know, guys like Bland, P Micah Parsons, you know, like they, they, Cowboys got a very good defense, so if you could get some production out of a guy like uh, Shaquille Barrett for for a year or two and and throw him a little bit of money, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think it it would be maybe smart to to throw a little money at him if I were Dallas. Yeah, and that's just like the Cowboys too. Anytime there's a big name player out there, they're always in the conversation as the, one of the possible teams to sign them. And you know, Shaq Barrett is a huge name. You know. Obviously, he was, like you said, he was an integral part of that defense that won the Super Bowl that year. Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas signed him. It wouldn't surprise me if Philadelphia signed him either because, you know, I mean, you give, Sha you give Shaq Leonard maybe another year, but I don't really think I saw what I wanted to see from him last year after they signed him. And I mean, I know it's difficult going to another team midseason, trying to learn an entire new system and having success during that season. But, I mean... I don't know. He's he's one of those ones that he's getting old too. He's one of the injured ones too. I mean, that's part of the reason why the Colts let him go is because he was, you know, he's had back issues. He's had, you know, he's been injured. So I mean, yeah, I can see the Eagles going after Barrett because of the the whole Shaquille Leonard thing. Well, and that's a good point too that you made because uh, I was reading something the other day about uh, you know potentially 
the uh, Eagle was looking to trade Hassan Reddick to try and get something for him big, but it's like, I mean, I think that's a stupid decision by the Eagles because Hassan Reddick is, is a huge part of your defense. Agreed. But, you know, if if the Eagles would trade him and get either draft capital or, or something defensively for him, well, maybe, hey, okay, we got rid of Hassan Reddick. You know, we got a couple other things, key parts. that Well, let's throw some money at Shaquille Barrett. Maybe he could fill a void too and help out. Um, so potentially, yeah, maybe, maybe the Eagles look towards him too. I, I don't know, but like I said, he'd be good at fit for either right at that point. If, I mean, if they get rid of Hassan Reddick, then I would say maybe try it. But at this point now, I don't really think they would, Eagles really need to look at him. Yeah. I don't know. It all depends. It all depends if they decide to keep, I mean, it's early on in the off season. It's not even March yet. So, I mean, it all depends if the Eagles decide to keep Leonard. Uh, and like you said, they're trying to shop Redick right now, too. So, I mean, they're they're not sold on the linebackers they have, I don't think. So, they could definitely be looking for someone, possibly, you know, a guy like Shaq Leonard or Shaq Shaquille Barrett would definitely help that defense out. Oh, yeah, they need to figure something the fuck out on defense. Yeah, piss poor defense last year. They definitely <laughs> yeah. need. They, yeah, so, I don't, so that's the thing. It's like – you know, a guy like Shaq Barrett, you look at last season and think, okay, well, it was just because he was coming off injury, give him a chance, and hell, maybe he could come in and play fucking lights out, you know? Yeah. You, get away with, you could get away with a steal by not giving him a huge contract, not paying him a, a massive amount, and win another yeah. Super Bowl. Or... Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. I, I've always liked Shaq Barrett. Uh, Shaquille Barrett, I thought he was very, uh, you know, I, I liked him his entire career there in Tampa Bay. Even before Tom Brady got there and they won the Super Bowl, I thought he was a huge part of that defense. So, you know, I like the guy. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if the Jaguars signed him. So, I mean, we'll see where he goes. He's definitely going to yeah, find he, a home. He, he ain't going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He wants to win somewhere. He's getting too old. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to happen in Jacksonville. They don't win down there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, All right. he just wants to enjoy the Florida weather still. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he doesn't want to move <laughs> out of the state, so they'll just sign a couple hours north. <laughs> All right, so the Cincinnati Bengals have placed franchise tag on wide receiver T. Higgins. If no long-term deal is agreed to by July 15th deadline, Higgins will be restricted to a one-year deal worth $21.816 million, which is fully guaranteed. Now, that's not a bad payday for a wide receiver, $21 million. I mean, but at the same time, if I'm T. Higgins, I'd want a long-term deal. And if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'd probably want to give him a long-term deal. Now, I know Jamar Chase, he's going to be due for a contract soon. You just signed Joe Burrow this past offseason. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's probably going to be due here in a couple years as well. I mean, so they've got a lot of big-name players that are going to need to get signed. So, I mean... Do you think they're going to re-sign him, or do you think they're, or do you think they're going to give him a big extension, or do you think they're going to, you know, let him play out on the franchise tag this year? Uh, I don't, I don't really. I'm not going to say I, I know either way. Obviously, I don't. But if if it were my personal opinion, if if I'm the Bengals, I let him play on the tag because, you know, last season he was injured a bit, <clears throat> so he ha- had one of his least productive uh, seasons last season. But then he also, you know, Joe Burrow Burrow was hurt. So you you had Browning, you know, 
playing the quarterback position. So that might have played in a little bit to the part of having a a, a, a lackluster uh, receiving season for T. Higgins. But yeah, if I'm the Bengals, I let him play on the tag, see if he can, you know, rekindle that flame of of being that big time number two receiver. Um, and then make the decision after this season. But like you said, you know, Jamar Chase is coming up on his fifth year option. He's gonna need to be paid. If you're planning, you gotta Absolutely. keep a guy like that around. Yeah. And, you know, so he's gonna look to be paid. You just gave Burrow two hundred seventy five million dollars. So it's like, in my personal opinion, if I'm the Bengals, you know, I let him play on the tag and, and see if he can, you know, solidify that. Okay. Yeah, he is a solid number two receiver for us. If he holds out though, do you do you agree to terms with him or do you let him hold out for the season? I don't know. It's hard. Uh, so, I guess well, I guess it would all depend on what the terms are, you know, like if, if it's an astronomical <clears throat> terms, then absolutely you could hold the fuck out. I don't care. And honestly, I'll just release your ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like that's one of the biggest fears now. Like before, like years ago, when someone was franchise tag, you didn't really have to worry about them holding out. But now I feel like every year there's a couple of guys that are threatened by that franchise tag and, you know, say that they're going to hold out if no long-term deal is reached. And, you know, a lot of these teams cave under the pressure and give the guy a deal. So, I mean, it's not – you're not guaranteed just because you're going to franchise tag someone, you're not guaranteed that player is going to play this year because, like I said, a lot of them are starting to hold out now in favor of a long-term deal. Yeah, I mean, it's just a shame because it's like – it's a shame on both parts, like as far as like player and team because – so, for example, I look at like Saquon. You know, like they tagged that motherfucker how many times and then now it's like, okay, you're a free agent. And it's like, are they going to give him a, a big contract? No talks about tagging him. Are they going to let him walk? And it's like, you know, it sucks because then you have a guy like Saquon who, you know, played all those years – on that tag when, you know, maybe he could have hold out, got a contract or even moved on somewhere that somebody wanted him and played out a, a longer career. Um, so it's like, you look at T Higgins, like not that I'm saying T Higgins is bad or, or good, but I think he's very, I think he's a very good wide receiver. I, I think he's mediocre at best, but like he's a good number two alongside Jamar chase, but I don't know. It's tough to say if you tag him and he holds out. I don't know. Again, it, it all depends on the terms. Like, if he's asking for a crazy amount, then, yeah, you you got to let him hold out or let him walk, whatever. But I thought that what I, I read that the Bengals were okay if he, he like, seeked out a trade. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't read into that part of it. But, I mean, like you said – or like we both said, the Jamar Chase thing is really the determining factor here because as a team, you can't afford to have two big-name wide receivers like that and pay both of them. So, I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase is the better receiver here. So, I mean, we got to wait to see what he's going to do next year. I mean, I don't know. T. Higgins, he's very good. I think he's a very good wide receiver. He could go to a lot of teams and be a number one receiver on a lot of other teams. So, I mean, unfortunately, he's playing in the shadow of Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase is the better receiver on that team. But, I mean, 
I say I agree with the franchise tag because I'm not going to give him a long-term deal because I'm going to have to pay Jamar Chase here in the next year or two. Well, my, my only thing too is not to interrupt you, but like my only thing here is like, does, does the, the factor of Jamar Chase being on that other side of the field play a role into, you know, T Higgins success? Because I mean, you look back at like, you know, like just for an example, like, like Green Bay, you know, when Devontae Adams was there in Green Bay, you know, you had a guy like Lazard and, you know, Cobb who were standout guys. And then, you know, you don't really hear anything about them now. So it's yeah. like, if you're not playing beside that elite wide receiver that, okay, this guy, he's going to wreak a havoc. If you're not playing or if you're number one wide receiver on, on a supposed team, do you have as much success? Yeah, but you could make the argument too or he could make the argument, T. Higgins could, where, hey, look how good my numbers were while I was playing second fiddle to Jamar Chase. Just think about how good I could be if I'm the number one. You know what I mean? Like, you could you could argue both sides of it. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, is it is it his numbers were so good because of the defensive attention geared towards Jamar Chase? And that's why he was either, you know, always, you know, open or, or – not covered as well. And, you know, you always had your number one defenders, you know, focused on Jamar Chase, a double team, whatever the case may be. So it's like, does that heighten his stats because of that? Now, if you go to a team where there might not be a good receiver where, okay, we have our best cornerback, safety, whatever on on T. Higgins, you know, do you have those numbers? Right. And also, if Joe Burrow's not throwing you the ball. Yeah, true. I mean, he. I. I mean, it's tough because I think he's. I think he's a very good wide receiver, and I think he could go. Like I said, he could go to a lot of teams, be the number one, and have a lot of success. And I think, I don't know. It's tough to say how this year is going to play out. I don't think he's going to hold out because even if you know, I all the talk around the franchise tag, I haven't heard any news of him wanting to hold out. I think you know, twenty one million dollars, like I said, is a lot of money, especially for a wide receiver. So oh, I yeah. think I think if they don't reach a long-term deal, I think he's going to play on the franchise tag and collect that money. Because like I said, it is – I'm pretty sure the franchise tag is fully guaranteed. So he's going to make almost $22 million this year in one season alone as a number two wide receiver. That's pretty good fucking money. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too. It's like if I am T. Higgins, okay, I'll play for the $22 million. But I'll tell you what, I want to play fucking lights out all season. And you better best believe that come next offseason, I'm getting paid by somebody. Yeah. So it's like if I'm T. Higgins, I'm using that as a as an alternative motive to be like, hey, this is my time to fucking shine. You know, last season was a little dismal with injuries and whatnot. So I'm gonna I'll, I'll take your twenty two million and I'm gonna play lights out. And then next year, that's talk money, baby. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think either if he plays very well this season, if he plays above average, above what we expect him to, I think he's either going to get a long-term deal from Cincinnati or he's going to get a long-term deal somewhere else because I think they can, they can franchise tag him again for a second year in a row. But I think after the second year in a row of being franchise tagged, I think a guy like that is probably going to hold out, especially yeah. if he does, especially if he has a really good year. This year, because you know he's gonna be a hot commodity, especially if the Bengals don't want to give him a long term deal. Yeah, then it's like 
then, you know, and that's why I think it's smart for the Bengals because it's like, okay, let's say this season he has a lackluster season. Doesn't stand out at all. It's like, okay, then you made a pretty good deal with him, you know, giving him a tag. And now this season, okay, you could either pay him, you know, not super big money because of the, the statistics he had and get away with, you know, giving him, you know, decent money or let him walk. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he'll get paid somewhere if if the Bengals don't. Re- yeah, yeah, like he'll get paid somewhere because there's a lot of teams that need wide receiver help, not just this year, but I I think years to come. You know, Patriots who we're gonna talk about here soon. They're they're a big candidate for wide receivers. Right. Huge yeah, candidate both. for wide receivers. Like you said, when I think just because of the number of like the number of wide receivers that a team has like at a minimum, they're carrying four or five wide receivers on their active roster. So it's as a wide receiver, you could be a number two wide receiver and number three, even a slot receiver sometimes and get a hell of a lot of playing time because just because of the, the league that we're in now, it's not a run game anymore. It's a passing league now. So wide receivers are utilized to the fullest potential. Like I said, even number two and slot receivers, are sometimes the most utilized players on a team. So well, yeah, you can be like, look at I mean look at the 49ers. Yeah. How they how they use all their receivers. Right. Yeah, you can be a guy like Brandon Ayuk who's, you know, the number 2 to Debo Samuel and still be a hell of a player just because of the system that you're in. So I mean, even though T Higgins is the number 2 to Jamar Chase, you know, he's still having a great career and he's going to no matter where he's at. Yeah, I think it all falls on the, the Jamar Chase contract, too, I think, is, is going to be a huge deciding factor because, obviously, I mean, I don't, unless the fucking salary cap goes up another $30 million next year, then maybe you could give T. Higgins and Jamar Chase massive contracts. But if that I don't, don't know. happen, then... I don't know if it would be worth it to give... I mean, it would be I'm phenomenal. Saying, I'm saying massive to, to T. Right, Higgins. Right, right, yeah. I don't... I mean... It would be phenomenal if you could find the money to give contracts, huge contracts to both of those guys. But I don't know if it's plausible for a team to pay two wide receivers plus a quarterback. And like I said, Joe Mixon, he's going to be due some money here in a couple of years as well. You know, there's a lot of talent on that team that's going to have to get paid. So this season coming up, 2024, is really going to determine whether or not T. Higgins is on that roster for 2025. Yeah. All right, so the Chiefs were planning to use their franchise tag on defensive back Legereus Sneed, but have granted him permission to seek a trade. And they have also cut wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, saving $12 million against their salary cap. So the first part of this, Legereus Sneed was their best defensive back this past uh, season, you know, and the defense in the postseason played pretty well. So losing a guy like Legereus Sneed is going to be a huge impact for this team. You know, it's going to hit them in a hard way because they really don't have anybody else in that secondary that played up to Legereus Sneed, you know? so it's, oh, it's not, gonna... not at all. Yeah. I mean, like, I was reading about a little bit about him the other day before this even came out that they were uh, going to tag him or he could seek a trade or whatever, and – the stat I read, I, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, how many times that he was targeted like against 
and he only let up one touchdown. Yeah. On the whole season, one touchdown. Like that's crazy. Yeah, so and it's this like, is how do you let a how are you going to let a guy like that be traded? Your defense yeah. in Kansas City is basically what helped you win that Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's tough because they they other than Patrick Mahomes and maybe Travis Kelsey, they're not paying any big name players right now. So you can afford to give Legarius Sneed a contract and you might might have wanted to because like you said, he was a big reason they won that Super Bowl. And now you're losing a guy like him. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to lose, uh, you know, a player like Lajarius Sneed and still be able to. I mean, they're still going to have Steve Spagnola, their defensive coordinator. So, I mean, but maybe they're planning on looking at, you know, trading up, maybe not even trading up, but taking a guy late in the first round in this coming draft, maybe a second round guy. You know, they're definitely going to have big shoes to fill with his absence. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't find a trade suitor. Maybe they decide, you know, in a month or so after no one traded for him that they want to keep him and sign him to a big deal. It's, you know, it's it's all up in the air right now. Yeah, and I think it's tough, be- too, because, you know, Chris Jones, you know, he's going to – isn't he – I think he's in uh, needs a contract, ain't Uh No, they just signed him. He was holding out at the beginning of 2023. Oh, that's right. Him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it's like I don't know what their cap space looks like either. But maybe, maybe that's what the problem is. Uh, they don't want to pay. But I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't pay a guy like that. I think he was your best guy in your secondary. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And you know, he's no matter wherever he goes. If somebody does trade for him, they're gonna have to end up paying him anyways. I mean, he's was gonna get franchise tagged by the Chiefs because. You know, he's on the ass end of his contract. So whoever trades for him is probably immediately going to give him a deal. So he's going to, no matter where he goes, if he stays with the Chiefs, if he goes elsewhere, he, this guy's going to get paid. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting to, uh, I don't know. I just, as far as the Chiefs, I'm just like, I guess I still don't know uh, how you would figure on, on letting a guy like that walk. Yeah, I don't know. It's maybe, like you said, maybe it is cap related. Maybe it's salary related. I mean, maybe they decided, hey, we don't want to pay a guy like that. We can find someone for a lot cheaper to come in and do a little less than he did, but still have success because of the team that they have and because of the defensive coordinator that they have where he is able to have much – because. Let's be honest. A couple of years ago, you know, we weren't talking about Lejarius Sneed like we are now, and this secondary was one of their weaknesses. Um, and they they've turned things around, and a huge part of that is because of the defense that Steve Spagnuolo runs. So maybe their mindset is, hey, we can bring someone else in and still have success because we have a pretty good system set in place here with Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's a good part at, at uh uh like having you know Spagnoli as your as your defensive coordinator. I think that obviously helps your defense out a lot. But I mean, you still need players. I, I don't right. care who you are. So it's like I don't know. I just I guess I'm just dumbfounded at the fact that you'd let a guy like that. Hey, you could you could seek a trade if you want. We're not gonna right. be upset. <laughs> you know, like I just yeah. don't understand why why you would do that. Like. 
I could see maybe another player that, you know, isn't, you know, that much of a, of a big deal to your team, but I don't know. That's, that's hard because that, that guy was like your best, like I said, your best player in your secondary. Well, it's funny because earlier today, you know, the report was that the chiefs have informed him that he was, they were going to use their franchise tag on him. And then a few hours later, later that day, it, and then we got the news that they gave him permission to seek a trade. So what I'm thinking happened, and I could be wrong. Uh, this yeah, is just I see where you're going. I was, I'm thinking they told him they were going to franchise tag him, and he's, he basically said, the fuck you are. I'm holding out if you do. And they said, okay, well, then we'll allow you to go seek a trade somewhere. So I'm thinking this I'm thinking this whole trade thing is on Legereus Sneed because he wants to get paid just because of what he was able to do. And I don't think the Chiefs were willing to give him a contract. I think they were going to pretty much, they were planning on using the franchise tag and keeping him on that for the 2024 season. And he didn't want any parts of it. Yeah. Well, I think he's got a good hand too right now to play. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. Sure. Coming off, after coming off the season he had, you know, yeah. you, you got all, you got all the cards in your, in your hand, you know, and yeah, exactly. You could basically not really say, you know, where you want to go or whatever, but like, you, I mean, you, Probably more than likely, can get a pretty good payday from somebody. Yeah, at this point, he's basically writing his own check, you know. <laughs> because, they, like we we keep talking, there's a lot of teams that need a defensive back right now. How thrilled would you be if the Packers traded for Lejarius Sneed? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know uh, if they'd have the money. Well, maybe <laughs> get rid of fucking Bak. I'm telling you, get rid of Bakhtiari, let him walk, and they free up twenty point nine four million dollars. If they let Bakhtiari walk. And I'm like, why haven't you made a decision already? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, okay, you keep him under contract. Is he going to play it again? Or like, what's going on? So it's, it's like, if I'm them, you, I, I let you walk. Yeah, It's early in the off season yet. Like I said, we're not even into March yet. So, I mean, your dreams may come true. I, I, I don't, honestly, I don't see them keeping Bach just because of the fact that he's always injured and his off the field shit where he went completely insane with the whole turf thing. Well, so, and the thing is too, is like, if I'm green Bay, like, Hey, you had a pretty decent, half decent offensive line last year. Right. So it's like, do, do you really need to be like, Oh my God, we need Bakhtiari. I don't think so. So no. if I'm looking at almost $21 million or ah, we really need Bakhtiari. Right. Uh, I think I'm I'm making a decision to be like, hey, give me the twenty one million, we'll we'll figure it out, or whatever the case. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna be surprised. Well, maybe not surprised, but I think you're gonna we're gonna see Bakhtiari not be with the Packers in twenty twenty four. I just I don't see it. Maybe can go to the Jets yeah. with MVS and they can get the they can get the old Packer squad back together there with Lazard yeah, and, and Cobb the, and Rogers. The MVS thing, the Chiefs releasing him, I, I saw that coming. Light years away. I mean, I don't know why. I let fucking Tooney walk. I, I, they might yet. I mean, <laughs> they didn't really. There was there was no wide receiver on that team this year that I would would think to myself, "Hey, yeah, they need to keep him." Yeah, you know, nobody. Kadarius Tony gone. MVS gone. I mean, maybe Rasheed Rice. He was really the only guy worth keeping. He did. Yeah, he, he was your bright spot at the end of the season. Yeah. He was really the only guy that I, w- I would keep. Tony's Tony's definitely got to go. I don't even know why he's still on the roster. 
Yeah, and like then, why haven't you let why haven't you walked him out with his bags? Right. Yet? Yeah. Somebody made a highlight reel of Tony and MVS both all dropped passes and it was like eight minutes long. <laughs> Jesus. Good. Yeah, I don't know what happened with MVS. I, I, I don't know. He played I thought he played great in Green Bay. He did, yeah. And last and the season before I don't think he did bad. No, but twenty twenty two, yeah, he had a good year. I don't know what happened to him this season, twenty twenty three. He just did not play well and he had a bad year and he really dropped a lot of passes and you know, it's not shocking that they released him. You know, a guy like that to keep on the roster to for twelve million dollars, definitely not worth it. I mean, hey, he got a Super Bowl ring. He got two. Well, yeah, I'm saying, but yeah. I'm saying like, but yeah, yeah, he, he's, yeah, you got to say, he. If I got two Super Bowl rings, that's fine. I'll go play somewhere else. I'm good. Yeah, I'll go run run routes and not catch any balls either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our state of the franchise segment before we wrap things up tonight. Now, the two teams that we are going to talk about first, the Patriots. Now, they did not have a very good season this year. Obviously, the biggest news this offseason out of New England was them parting ways with Bill Belichick and hiring Gerard Mayo as their next head coach. Um, but Gerard Mayo, he's got he's got a lot of work to do on that team because, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, and there's not one one player at one position on that team where I would say to myself, we have to keep this guy. I think every player on that team could be – Every position on that team could be upgraded. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I, yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. And it's like, this was their worst season since 1992. Yeah. So it's like, you're, you're talking 32, 32 years, and this was your worst season this past, or 31 years, and this was your worst season last year. And they were, I, I, see, my personal opinion is, I mean, the defense wasn't, I don't think was your biggest mis- like was the worst part of your team. I think the defense was uh so-so, whatever. But uh I think what they really need to focus on is offense. I mean, their offense was was just complete trash. Yeah. I mean, they were the last in NFL in scoring. But the one good thing about the Patriots is, is they have 80 million dollars in cap space. Plus, they got number three overall pick, but they got a lot of work to do. They need fucking receivers, a tight end, a QB. So it's 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 hard to say what they're gonna do. And I mean, if you're looking at the draft wise, it's like, do they take you know Drake May or Jaden Daniels in that third spot, or do you, do you take Harrison Jr.? It's tough. I mean. You could draft a quarterback, but you're not going to have anybody to throw it to because you said the receiving core is real bad. Well, and, and that's the take, thing. You could take the receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr., but then you're not going to have a quarterback to throw the ball to him. So, I mean, it's kind of you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place here because, you know, yeah, there's talent early on in the draft. You have the number three pick. But if you take one position, they might not shine because they're not going to have the other component to be successful. Yeah, and it's like I guess if you I, the only thing would be is if you would uh, draft a, a QB, then then you got to try and hit the the free agency market hard for receiver because uh, 
you know, like there's big names coming up. I mean, I don't, I don't see Mike Evans leaving Tampa Bay, but you know, he's a free agent. Uh, Calvin Ridley, free agent, Michael Pittman, free agent. But I seen the GM from the Colts were like, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> right. But, but still, I mean, if Patriots throw a fuck ton of money at him, maybe he walks, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then, uh, you know, I I don't think Brandon Ayuk was a free agent, but I seen some a report about maybe them trying to go after him or something. But or maybe I, you know, maybe the guy we were just talking about earlier, T. Higgins. You know, he could be a, he'd be a great addition to that that receiving core. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be the guy, the number one guy that you would want in this offseason, but he wouldn't be a bad addition to this team if you go out and get your quarterback with the third overall pick. I mean. Why wouldn't a guy like T. Higgins make that work? Yeah, I see. Well, and I read a uh, report earlier this week too uh, about their like potential to, you know, try and they're thinking about falling back to Atlanta's pick in the first round to let Atlanta move up to third to take a quarterback to maybe potentially get Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels. However, you know, the quarterbacks fall one, two, and three. Right. And pick up some draft capital, or maybe even uh, a trade or, or or somebody from from Atlanta. But the only thing I didn't like about this report was they were saying that if they fall back, they were thinking about taking JJ McCarthy. <laughs> and I'm like, that's he's just like Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get another Mac Jones. He had just because of the system that JJ McCarthy was in, where they were a run first team. You know, he really didn't have the st- he really didn't have great stats just because of that. But I mean, in the moments where they called upon him, he did show some moments of brilliance. But at the same time, he didn't play enough of the position. I mean, most of his job was handing the ball off. He didn't well, pass the my ball. My problem with my problem with him is too is, and the reason why I say he's going to be another Mac Jones is because you're, you're just you're getting this guy and you're throwing him right into the right into the fire. Right. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy, like you said, he's not big on, on, on passing. You know, he's a lot of, in that run system. Well, that ain't that ain't the Patriots. They don't have a running game. They don't have a pass game either. So it's like you're going to put this guy into the fire and he's going to turn out like Mac Jones. You know, maybe have a good first year, but just become lackluster through the rest of his career. And it's like you got to you got to have talent around him if you're going to if you're going to take a guy like that. But then. If you spend all that time and effort on talent, we'll maybe try again with Mac Jones because Mac Jones, and whether you like him or you don't, I just think he was dealt a shit hand in in, in New England with with the offensive talent around him. Right. Yeah, and I agree with you. There, JJ McCarthy, in order to have success, has to have the talent around him. And if they trade down in the draft and draft JJ McCarthy. In the first round, which I don't think he's a first round pick, but if they take him in the first round, he's not going to have any talent around him. You know, their best offensive player may be Ramondre Stevenson, their running back, but I mean, that's not going to be good enough for JJ McCarthy to have success. So, I mean, you're pretty much going to be in the same situation. So, I don't know. This, this team needs a lot of work, a lot of work. And I feel bad for Gerard Mayo. I mean, yeah you see a head coaching opportunity put in front of you and you're starry eyed, like, hell yeah, I want that job. But at the same time, like this is a tall task for a a rookie head coach 
to come into a team like, well, he was already with the team, but to get promoted to a position at head coach and try to rebuild a franchise that needs players at almost every position. I mean, it, this is a tall task for Gerard Mayo, and I think he's going to not be able to live up to it. And I feel bad for him because I, I think he, w- he was a great player and he's going to be a good coach. He's just not going to have the keys to be successful in New England. And, you know, as far as where where we think they're going to finish next year, I mean, Buffalo is probably going to be just as good as they were. Miami, I don't see declining too much. The Jets maybe uptick a little bit because of, of the Aaron Rodgers coming back. So, I mean, as far as the New England Patriots, I see them finishing dead last in the AFC East again. Oh, yeah, they're not. They ain't going anywhere not AFC East. No. And it's like, the thing is, too, like like you said, like I, I hate to to knock uh, Mayo, but it's like you're, you're getting you're getting a shit hand right off the bat. And it sucks because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he, he ends up being one of those coaches where, like, fired mid-season or after one year fired. And it's like, but at the end of the day, it's it's not really all his fault because, you know, right. he's – you know, they're in that rebuilding stage or, or trying to get back to, you know, potentially being a good team again. And it's like, I don't know. if I, I may, Maybe if you're the Patriots, you say, hey, Atlanta, why don't you keep your pick, take our third, give us fucking Drake London, and, you know, then you, you, got, a, you got your number one wide receiver there, and then maybe get another – some more draft capital – and and see what you can do and and like I said I, I don't I don't dislike Mac Jones I just think he's statistically lackluster because of the team that he played with you know yeah. I don't think it's 100 percent his fault he just there's nobody there right I mean you sit here and name me one person other than Mac Jones on that Patriots offense that that anybody gives a shit about their name All right he can't <laughs> I mean and. Yeah, this this offense too. Like they had, like they had tight ends. Like Mike Gesicki was there, Hunter Henry was there. Two who at, a couple of years ago were very good tight ends. You know, Mike Gesicki, he was you know one of the best receivers. Are he was one of the best tight ends in the league when he was with Miami, and then Hunter Henry, he was a pretty good tight end when he was with the Chargers as well. So I mean, both of them went to New England and kind of declined. So if they can find the right quarterback. You know, Mike Gusecki resigning them because they're both free agents this year, Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry. If you can resign them and find a good quarterback, maybe take Daniels, Jaden Daniels, with the number three overall pick. I mean, that might be a recipe for success. Yeah, I think it's just, I think the hardest part for me is it's just tough because, you know, no matter what you do, if you do draft the quarterback, you're, you're throwing them into the fire, man. Yeah. I mean, no matter what you do, that. They're, they're, they're going to struggle. And, and again, like I said, you know, with being thrown in the fire like that, it's, I feel like they're going to have an outcome like, like CJ Stroud or not CJ Stroud. I'm sorry. Uh, Bryce young in yeah. Carolina, you're going to have an outcome like Bryce young. And the next thing you know, may I was going to turn into Frank, Wright, and be fired yep. halfway through the seat. You know, it's just, yeah. that, that's, that's, the, that's the track you're on. Like that's the path you're traveling. If you don't, you know, build an offense around if you draft a quarterback, because that's what basically happened with Mac Jones. Drafted Max Jones, 
didn't really have any offensive talent and and he didn't do anything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this team, they need a lot of work, a lot of work, and I don't see them turning things around this coming season. I think it's going to be a few years until they finally start to have success again. If they ever start to have success again in the next few years, I mean, it's going to be tough for them. But God bless yeah, Drew Mayo. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just hope that, you know, the the management in New England can, you know, see the point of, okay, you know, we're we're in this rebuilding stage. Just not jump the gun right away and be like, oh, Mayo, got to go, fire him, move yeah. on, or whatever. You know, I hope that they can try and start piecing things together. And it takes a while to do something like that, you know, especially with, with where you ended this season, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to, to, to try and get back to what the Patriots used to be. Yeah. And I think, but I think Robert Kraft, I think he, you know, having won six Super Bowls in the last 20 some years, I think with that success, he'll, he's one of those guys that one of the few guys that would be willing to sit around and wait a few years on a guy like Gerard Mayo, just, I mean, it's not like they haven't won a Super Bowl and he yeah. wants success now, you know, he's, 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 he's used to success. So he's like, okay, he's one of those guys that would probably understand the, the process of rebuilding a team. And he would probably understand that it's going to take a few years probably. So I don't know that oh, he's yeah. going to be, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to give up on Gerard Mayo easily. I think he'll, he'll be a little bit more lenient and give him some Yeah, he time. knows what it takes. Right. He knows what it takes to get to that point of, of winning championships. Right. All right. So the second team in our State of the Franchise segment this week is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they finished dead last in the AFC West. You know, this team, I'm not sold on, on uh, Kyler Murray, quarterback Kyler Murray. You know, they paid him way too much money, I think. Not a big fan of his. I don't think he's yeah. had the success that we need to see out of him. You know, but he's another one of those guys that doesn't really have any talent around him. James Conner is he's a pretty good running back, but I mean, he's not, you know, the it guy, you know, and they don't really have anybody as far as receiver that I would stand on the table for and say they would be successful with Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray, I don't know. Like I said, I don't don't care for Kyler Murray. Now, Jonathan Gannon, he was a pretty good defensive coordinator when he was with the Eagles. He's going to be going into his second season as the Cardinals head coach. So, I mean, we're going to need to see something from this team this year. Uh, number four overall pick, maybe they're a guy that drafts Marvin Harrison Jr. If he happens to fall to number four, I don't think he will because, you know, maybe Kyler Murray can have success with a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., who's the, one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen in quite some time. So it's tough because they definitely, they definitely need to rebuild that defense too. But, you know, this is another team that's got a lot of holes to fill and, you know, needs too fast. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because the thing is with the Cardinals defense is you know they were they were horrible. And I mean they were 32nd, so last in the league in in uh rush defense. So, you know, you're going to you're going to need some some help there at you know your your line, your defensive line or your interior there because you know, a 32nd in rush defense, that's, that ain't good. And yeah. they're 13th in pass defense. So, I mean, that's middle of the pack, but, but still, you know, that, that pass defense was basically, you know, holding your defense together because your rush defense, they couldn't, they couldn't stop anything. Yeah. And then offensively, you know, I, I know you said about James Conner 
whether you, you like him or not. Um, the Cardinals were fourth in rushing on offense this season, fourth ranked rushing. So it's like, and they were 24th or uh, I'm sorry, 26th in passing offense. So it's like, that's where it makes me think like, yeah, either one, you don't have any receiver talent, which you don't, or two, Kyler Murray ain't that guy. He's not. And I think between Kyler Murray and James Conner, you know, your your rushing was heightened because of, of you know, you have Kyler Murray as, as a rushing quarterback. But, I mean, I, I like James Conner. I always liked him, even when he played in Pittsburgh. I do too, yeah. I think he's a good running back. But the problem is, like, <clears throat> Jonathan Gannon – uh, he's when he got hired last year. When he said one of the main reasons why he went to Arizona was because of Kyler Murray, and I don't know why all these guys keep liking Kyler Murray. Like Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach before, uh, before Jonathan Gannon. He was high on on Kyler Murray, and now Jonathan Gannon said in a statement that he one of the reasons he went to Arizona was because of Kyler Murray. Like he's not that good. And, yeah, I just don't you know, think his 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 running ability isn't good enough to make up for his lack of passing ability. Uh, you know, when a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's who's pretty damn good at running the ball, he can make up for the fact that he's not that great of a passer. But Kyler Murray, he can't. You know, he's just I, – I hate to use the word, but I'm going to use it talentless. And I don't know, maybe at some point the Cardinals are going to say we've had enough of the Kyler Murray project here, but I think – one of the main reasons why is because they are paying him a lot of money. They're not going to be able to find a trade suitor for Kyler Murray that's going to want to take on that contract. And if you release him, you could do that, but you're going to end up paying a huge chunk of money to him because he's got a lot of guaranteed money on his contract. So what what's the time frame here? Like, How much longer do we continue to watch god-awful Kyler Murray before the Cardinals say enough is enough? I guess maybe why only thing would be is to if you determine to keep him or not would be what you could do on the wide receiver side of it so like right. if you can get some talent like if let's just say uh harrison marvin harrison jr falls to to four which i think he might if depending if you know one two and three if they all take qbs he'll still be there so if you can get him i don't know what their cap space is like but maybe you could find a, a you know another wide receiver and free agency if if you can do that and you can give the wide receiver talent and you still have a lackluster outcome or like Kyler Murray ain't that guy you know if if right. if you if you can get the wide receiver talent around him and it's still a a poor you know season uh passing and offensively then i think maybe that's when you got to after this season you got to make that decision of well maybe Kyler Murray ain't our guy yeah, no, I mean, I haven't, I never thought he was the guy. Even when they took him with the number one overall pick in the draft, I didn't think he was the guy. Um, but as far as, you know, standings in the NFC West, you know, this they are in a division with the NFC champion 49ers. They're in a division with a very good Los Angeles Rams team. They're in a division with a pretty decent uh, Seattle Seahawks team who just got a very good defensive head coach. So, I mean, unless they make some big splashes in, in the draft and free agency. I definitely think they're going to finish fourth in that division again. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really give a shit what they do in the draft or anything. I still think they're going to finish fourth. 
right. in that division all day because I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe they might finish third because, you know, between, you know, a new head coach in Seattle and uh whatnot, like you, okay, maybe you could be third or fourth, but between right. the forty niners and the Rams, like you neither one of you two are taking, you know, that one or two spot. But yeah. My thing is is I don't know. It's it's hard to say because I don't know. I, I mean, I I just I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray either. I just I don't think he he, he his arm talent is is isn't there at all. Right. And it's like I know everybody talks about well how elusive he is, but I I don't give a shit about how elusive you are. I want you yeah. to throw the ball. That's your job. Right. You know if you can't if you can't throw the ball. Then, then what? Why are you playing quarterback? Like, do you want to sign exactly. up for running back? We'll find out our quarterback. Like, what? Well, I don't get that. Yeah. So it's like that's where I that's where I kind of get a little irritated with why people like Kyler Murray so much because I haven't seen anything out of him it passing. Like talent yeah, think, in the passing game. And I don't think we are. I mean, I think if Kyler Murray had that talent, we would have seen it by now. I mean, now he has been injured here and there. I mean, he missed a lot of this season uh, because of that torn ACL he suffered at the end of last year. But from what I've seen from him, well, why, playing, why, you, why, you, why you turn on ACL? Because you right. can't throw the fucking ball. You're always running it. Right. But <laughs> I think from what I've seen from him, even when he is healthy, I don't think the talent's there. And I don't think it's ever going to be there. And I think, you know, the fuse is getting pretty short on Kyler Murray. And I think it's going to happen sooner than not that we're going to see the Cardinals move on from him. And rightfully so they should have a couple of years ago. Yeah. I just, I mean, I guess the only uh, bright side of it all is I don't, I don't really know if the team can get much worse than what they were this last season. I mean, you could always get worse. <laughs> I mean, they won four games, so you can always do worse than that, but I understand I mean, what you're I guess, saying. But my yeah. God. Yeah. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I mean, they, they are pretty god awful, and you know they've got to have they've got to make some splashes this off season because they really didn't last year. You know, Jonathan Gannon, he's like I said, he was a very good defensive coordinator with the Eagles, so he knows what he's doing with defenses. So he should be able to turn this team around. But they've got to sign some players. They've got to draft some players. They've got to do some big things that they haven't done since he's been there, and it has to happen this off season. Yeah, I just don't I don't know. And it's crazy because you look at like you look at like the, the games that the Cardinals won. So they beat the Cowboys, which I don't know how the hell they do that. Cowboys were like one of the best teams last season. And then it's like, okay, they beat the Falcons, whatever. But then they they beat the uh the Steelers and then they beat the Eagles. Yeah. Those were their four wins. So it's yeah. like you know, those some of those teams you played were like, okay, how did how the hell did you win those games? Right. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's I don't know, it's tough because this this Cardinals team they've been bad for a couple of years now, and they're going to continue to be bad. And it sucks because, like I said, I like Jonathan Gannon, but you know he's got to make some moves, and he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would do something like that. Is he doesn't make moves. And he needs to, and you know we need to see that this off season, or else they're going to be god awful again. Yeah, they were zero and six in their division. Yeah, 
Like so they games need to... against uh, games against the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks last season. They didn't win any of them. Yeah. Yeah. So 0 and 6 in your division, <laughs> you're definitely not going <laughs> to win that next year. So yeah. I don't know. Hopefully they turn things around, but I think they're going to need to move on from Kyler Murray in order to to do so. So yeah. we'll see what like happens. I, said, I think what I think your best bet is is like I said, try try and get the wide receiver help. I mean, you're, you're obviously your rushing game is there. You know, you, you were fourth in the league, so your yeah. rushing I think is is pretty sol- solid. Yeah. So you get the wide receivers and see what Kyler Murray can do. And then you make your decision after that, after the season. I mean, I give him one more season, and then I'm I'm cutting a cord. Yeah, yeah. I I need to see a huge improvement from Kyler Murray this all season, or this season coming up, or else I'm moving on from him. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough too because they need they need a lot of help on that yeah, whole they, team. I think they absolutely <laughs> do. Yeah. All right, so that is going to do it for another edition of Late Hit. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Join us next week. We are going to go over uh, state of the franchises for the Los Angeles Chargers and the New York Giants. So don't forget to follow us, listen, like, subscribe, Late Hit Pro Football Radio on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter slash X at Late Hit PFR. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you all next week. Have a good week.